0: Hello and welcome to the Arsenal way back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series Joining you at 10am every weekday to discuss all the latest Arsenal news Bailey how you doing you good I'm
1: all good I'm all good how are you TC?
0: Yeah, not bad, not bad. I do want to start the show, of course, as it is the 31st of March, um, by saying, of course, that our f- our wishes and our best wishes and thoughts are with uh, all of those that were uh, very close to, to Mr. Legend, David Rowcastle. Um And uh, it's a day, Bailey, I think, you know, where all Arsenal fans kind of reflect on, on what a great player David Rocastle was. I know that myself and you are of a younger age bracket to some of our, our fellow older Arsenal fans. But, you know, when we watch back some of the the clips of of what he was capable of. It was not surprising to see him described as a Brazilian in an England shirt uh, at times, was it?
1: Yeah, exactly. The fact that his name has been passed along from those years and now he's still here. He's still a prominent member of Arsenal, really, regardless if he's here or not. But Mm. Saka, when he's given a number seven shirt straight away, he touched the Rocky World Castle picture, just showing the influence impact he did have on an Arsenal shirt and what a great player he was.
0: Absolutely. Um, And I'm sure people in the chat box have got all their own favourite memories of of Rocky as well. So yes, and uh, a shout out to Kevin Campbell in particular, who tagged me in a post about him this morning. So uh, we wish uh, him the absolute best and uh, and fingers crossed we can all all continue to appreciate how good uh, Rocky was going in the years ahead. And uh, maybe there'll be something at the next Arsenal home game. Of course, we're away at Crystal Palace on Monday, Um, but then we face Brighton at home. So maybe there'll be something uh, done at that Game, fingers crossed. um I want to move on to an interesting topic, Bailey, about the Premier League substitution rule, which was uh, came out yesterday. That they are going to increase the number of subs from three to five. Obviously, this is something that the Premier League has held off on uh, in comparison to, say, some of the other leagues and some of the other competitions, because we've had five subs in the Carabao Cup, in the FA Cup, in Europe, and of course other continental leagues as well. Is this a good move? Is it something you're happy is happening, or do you think it's going to give teams like Man City and Liverpool too much of an advantage?
1: Yeah, I think it does need to happen. I think football's evolving and that means also the five substitutions. I think it's better for football. Teams need to make subs, players get tired, et cetera. It prevents injuries. It prevents fatigue. It will be, I think it's a needed move football's evolving and I think that's the five substitutions is part of that happens elsewhere in Europe. So I think it's only Mm -hmm. right the Premier League follows too. so they do get used to the system. So when it does happen in Europe, et cetera, they are up to speed. For Arsenal personally, I think it will happen this season. I don't think we really need it because the substitutions we use, I'll say there's only about one or two subs that actually come and can impact the game. And that is when we're losing. That is, of course, Nicola Pepe. And uh, Arteta loves the classic Enqueto uh, substitution uh, and Rob Holden just to just to hold out for the last five minutes. So hopefully next season, the five subs will come benefit to us because we make more signings and our depth is much more deeper.
0: Absolutely. Uh, let us know in the chat box what your thoughts are surrounding the new rule regarding substitutions and a happy birthday to Stevie, of course, as well. Hope you have a great day. Um, I think on this rule, it's it's good. I think it could encourage Arsenal as well to maybe be a little bit more heavy-handed in the transfer market as well in regarding to kind of the players that they bring in and knowing they need to have that strength in depth. It gives more opportunities for young players like Charlie Patina coming through, and Amari Hutchinson. The amount of games, of course, that we've seen Arsenal make their three subs and you're thinking at this point, it'd be great to give like, you know, Hutchinson a run out or Salah a run out, or, you know, players like this that Arsenal haven't been able to previously give minutes to. So I think it's going to be good for that and especially it will help with the kind of the grassroots, homegrown, bringing through youth players and giving them experience in the Premier League. So that's going to be solid. However, I do think there is a solid argument about the likes of Man City and Liverpool getting an additional advantage in kind of the race as well. Um, Zana says, seen yesterday, w- someone suggests that one of the five should be an academy player. I like that suggestion. I like that as well. I think that's a really good kind of way in which you say, I don't know how you would, how would you categorise it? Um, has to be from the academy. You Could you twist the rules and say, well, just put Bakaya Saka on the bench or Emil Smith-Rowe on the bench? It's, I don't know how you would police it. Um, possibly maybe someone who's under a certain age, under the age of 20 possibly, is is how you get around it. Uh, Afronomic League says, Morning All, do you think Cody Gakpo can and players an eight? I don't think so. I, I think he's far, far, far too forward on the pitch to have a chance of playing there. Um, what I would say about the five substitution rule, though, Bailey, is that You can imagine it being something that, as soon as, say, a club like, you know, Burnley or uh, Brighton or someone who's down the lower end of the table starts to lose points, it's going to get brought up. It's going to get used, isn't it?
1: Yeah, we will do it. We will do, and that's how every. That what happens with every rule. When VAR was introduced, and they went against some clubs, teams are calling for it to be scrapped or or improved because it's against us. So every rule that's introduced it is going to create a bit of controversy. But I think where it's used around Europe and international fixtures, it's only right that the Premier League follows suit because that's the way, that's the direction football is going in, like it or not.
0: Uh, As i pointing out, Pep doesn't make subs anyway, so it's maybe not advantage It is ironic, isn't it? It's the manager that was complaining about it and then never made enough subs uh, to even use the five. Um, it's interesting we talk about Liverpool and City because that brings us quite nicely on to the next topic, which is that Gary Neville has been speaking about uh, Arsenal uh, and specifically been speaking about Arsenal's inability to go any higher than fourth place and that Mikel Arteta could arguably even decide to leave based upon reaching that ceiling with Arsenal. He says, I really like Mikel Arteta. I think he's a brilliant coach. I think the team is fantastic in terms of the young players they've got. But it's interesting when you're in a cycle of a club and you depress the ambition and you have a significant period of failure because you then get really happy about finishing fourth. I found myself saying that about Man United, but it's because of the depressed ambition. I think Mikel Arteta is a good operator. My concern is if Arsenal finish fourth this season, which to be fair, I think is 50-50, I still think they're a long way uh, to that into that race. But if they finish fourth, that's in some ways as good as it gets. You've got Pep, Klopp, Man United, Chelsea. Where can the Arsenal go? They're not going to compete. Mikel Arteta is a brilliant coach. I love what we're seeing Uh, as a team and he's getting the maximum amount of it I can only see how he wants to play we can all see that but he gets to fourth and if he was really hard about it he'd probably say right that's about the best I can do there I'm going now and getting my next job Um, quite interesting words Bailey from Gary Neville what's your immediate reaction to them yeah, look, I'm a big fan
1: of Gary Neville and his punditry. I really do like watching on Monday Night know. Football and etc. <laughs> However, his takes on Arsenal this season, I'm not going to lie, it's been nothing but just wrong, just the mm. complete opposite of what you should be saying. I remember at the start of the season, he said Arsenal have no mm-hmm. clear strategy. Clearly, we had the most. I think we had the most <laughs> clear strategy out of the league the players we were signing. Yeah, and he cool. goes on to say a few weeks ago on 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 a Super Sunday that Arsenal will not be getting top four. And now that has suddenly changed. And now. Top four is our ceiling and we can't go anywhere else from there. I don't know where you get the evidence of the proof or the facts where you can say the top four is Arsenal's ceiling. We're not a less or respect, but we're not a Leicester City. Uh, they did in win a league, but mm. you would associate them with top four unless they're ceiling because they're not in the top brackets of the top clubs in England. Arsenal is, I'll say, one of the top four clubs in England, absolutely. So if we beat top four, we are going to transfer the tower because we are a major London club, and that means we will compete for trophies once we get in the Champions League and consistent and consistently stay there. We won't suddenly hit top four and just start dropping from there. That's not that's not how Arsenal operate. And he should know that because during his prime years, Arsenal were beating him to the league. And you know that you need a top squad and you need a big club to be able to do that. So I don't know. I think Gary Neville's got a lot of Manchester United uh, loyalty at the moment. He knows they are against the cuff for reaching top four. Maybe he's just being in denial that, that hmm. Arsenal are ahead of Manchester United at the moment.
0: I mean, United are third favourites, like, out of the top four race. Spurs are ahead of them. I know if Spurs are ahead of you in something, you know, you need to take a long, hard look at yourselves, as we have been doing for a number of years. I find it ridiculous, to be honest. I think the comments are absolutely r- ridiculous because I think if you consider where Liverpool were when they were falling out of, you know, top four and kind of stuck in the Europa League for years, Klopp comes in a new manager, takes them to the Champions League, pushes them forwards. Mikel Arteta is not of the pedigree of Klopp yet. Nowhere close to that. And to be honest, not close to the pedigree of Klopp when he was at Dortmund yet. He's still got a long way to go. However, he gets Arsenal into the Champions League places after the back of two and a half seasons, after Arsenal finished eighth twice. Yes, under his tenure, but positions which came about because of the previous mistakes of who was there before Mikel Arteta came in. And it certainly led to that point. What I would say is is that, Jamie Carragher spoke really well afterwards, I thought, about the players that Arsenal need to sign. And if Arsenal can get their own Alisson and Van Dyke, not in those specific two positions, but you'd certainly look at central midfield and you'd look at striker. If they can get their own, you know, top-class striker, top-class central midfielder, it does elevate Arsenal to that next level. And I think that also, because Arsenal are achieving this with such a young squad, that if you think about it, Liverpool had to bring in more players to replace those that are outgoing when they finally got back into the Champions League. They had to replace those players like Steven Gerrard, et cetera. They had to see Jordan Henderson mature. They had to bring in Salah, et cetera, and Van Dijk and Alisson, too. And I think with Arsenal, if they can bring in some world-class players and see these young players mature, see Tierney reach his mid-20s, see Erdegaard join him as well. You've got Ramsdale. You've got Wyatt. You've got Saka, Martinelli, Smith-Rowe. You've got players coming through the ranks as well that could still improve the squad further from Hale-End. So, To sit there and say that the maximum that Arsenal can expect to achieve is fourth is naive and ignorant of what's going on at Arsenal, quite frankly. And I think that he should really be looking at Man United right now and thinking how disjointed that team is. Yes, they might be able to sign big players and Arsenal can do that too, but you need to build a squad. You can't just build a team of individuals. And I think the difference between Arsenal and United is that it's the squad and the team that's being built. Rather than just a disjointed group of individual players.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. And the fact that Neville mentioned Manchester United amongst briefly amongst the Liverpool and Manchester mm. City convo was absolutely bizarre to me for many reasons. Not just because they're behind us in the league, but their recruitment process, their strategy, would you like to say, has been absolutely diabolical, and that is the reason why they've fallen so below in recent years. So to say that Manchester United are still much a top brand, but Arsenal aren't, is ignorant. Mm. As you said, it is very ignorant because. Look at the squad, as you mentioned. We've, we're building something very special here. We're building a team of youngsters who, any club in the world, who would say no to Martinelli? Would Liverpool Majesty say no to Martinelli? Mm, clearly, Jürgen no. Klopp, Klopp wouldn't. Bakayi Saka. Who would say no to Bak- Bakayi Saka? Who would say no to M.L. smith We Thomas are building... <laughs> yeah, we are building Thomas Partey as well. I can mention that there's a few other players in the squad. Who would you say no to? Like, there's. we are building a squad that will be capable in a few years, I'm telling you, of... Competing for a lead title alongside, as you, as got perfectly said, two major signings that will help Arsenal just elevate, will help elevate the Arsenal squad. So it's very, I agree, it's very ignorant from, from Neville.
0: Yeah, it's, ignorant is the right word. It is exactly what it is. I'm sure there'll be more fallout from that later on today on Football. London Um, Our final topic to discuss is uh, the Bayer Leverkusen uh, CEO coming out to scrap any hope I had uh, of seeing Patrick Schick <laughs> join Arsenal. He just basically came out and said, Look, he's not going to be sold. Now, you're smiling away because you're very, you know, you're not pleased, but, you know, he's not the one that you wanted.
1: Yeah. What's this? Pretty- What's this? <laughs> it's like for me saying any other player he's not available for me I'm like oh that's half it. I was like, oh yeah that's that's no surprise. Well, well, I don't
0: know why you're so not bothered by this because he's clearly a really solid goal scorer
1: He's a, he might be a solid goal scorer, but for Arsenal, he shouldn't be amongst the targets we are looking to say. Why not?
0: Why should he not be amongst those targets?
1: I've explained to you in previous conversations and I will, I will explain again. Because he is, on. Um, for me, he had two spells at two other clubs after joining, when he joined Roma and he joined Leipzig and he, he flopped. He flopped, let's be honest. So, I, as I said previously, I think he needs to go to a team that it's fully suited to him. If that's not the case, and he becomes, he doesn't, he's not, he's not a good striker to have in your squad. And I don't know if Arsenal it would be a risk to sign. I think there's better options out there. Victor Simhén, for example, Jonathan David. I think they are much better options to go for. So, yeah, practice is shit for me. That is, yeah, I didn't really react to it. I was like, okay, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> it's nothing. It's not major news. I
0: mad. I think he's a really solid striker. I think he's got the attributes that we're looking for. I think he's a clinical finisher. He's going behind Le- Robert Lewandowski in the Bundesliga. He scored, uh, you know, different leagues. He's playing at an international level where he carried on his form from the European Championships. He's not the the be-all and end all and him, you know, not being an option for us anymore certainly isn't the end of the world. We've got plenty of other strikers that we could go for. And to be honest, from the sounds of things, he wasn't on the main list anyway. So that's it's not a big problem for Arsenal. But I just find it mad how easily dismissed he is by so many people because I think he really would have been a solid option for us in the summer. Um, if you've got any questions you'd like to throw our way, we've got a few minutes to tackle. Some of them as well. Let's see some of your reaction to what we were talking about a second ago. Graham says it's brilliant. Neville doesn't have anything good to say about Man United at the moment. He has to say something to get Arsenal fans debating. Shouldn't give him the time of day. Zander says Neville's takes on Arsenal's always backfire. So we will be Champions League soon. And Neil saying, I like Patrick Schick. Neil. I like you. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Uh, Weedy says, Rafinha, 25 million. Gakpo, 42 million. Nunez, 67 million. Neves, 35 million. Tillemans, 30 million. And Lamptey, 30 million. You'd be lucky. If we get half of these players, top three all day long. We're getting into Silly Season. Uh, if you do want to see myself, Bailey, and Chris engage in Silly Season yesterday, our perfect transfer window video went out, and you'll be able to watch that on the channel um Tony says are you happy with the timing of the Tottenham game I didn't know that the Tottenham game had been
1: yeah scheduled. I think it's going to be the night of May, 9th of May I so a quick
0: check uh Premier League make decision on Tottenham Arsenal's date for North London to be rearranged uh it's checking the piece on football. London by Louis Chandler I can't see the date though um 9th of May. So, uh, it's reported that while the official date has not yet been confirmed, sources have confirmed that plans to play the game in the week beginning May 9th have been relayed to both sides to make the week even more dramatic. Man United face a daunting clash with Chelsea the following weekend. I mean, are you surprised they've put this right at the end of the season? I mean, this would put it between Leeds and Newcastle. The 9th of May would be two days after we play Leeds. So... What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, no, I've always said that. I said that from the start. I knew straight away, since the game was taking a bit of, yeah, a little bit, a, a bit of a while to 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 be rescheduled. I was like, they are waiting to make it a, a decider, was a crunch game, and they are doing yeah. that. And let's just say we know Tottenham, like being Tottenham, they do that bottle <laughs> in the big stage. So i would be happy. i would be happy with, with a with a last ditch game because I know Tottenham like to bottle. So hopefully they. They throw their two colours and do it again. Mm.
0: I mean, Liverpool play Spurs the weekend before, um, whereas Arsenal play Leeds. You would think that Arsenal may be able to rest um if they wanted mm. to more players. I don't think they will because Arteta doesn't like to see many rest players at the moment. But uh, it will be, yeah, that's that's interesting about when they're gonna schedule this game for. So it could have been in a worse place. I think they could have put it between, say, the West Ham and Leeds game. That would have been a little bit trickier for Arsenal, especially considering we had a midweek game against Chelsea, I think, um, very, very soon before that. So it, it could have been worse and it will be coming down as a top four. Hopefully, we've already won a significant amount of games and they've dropped points that, you know, we've got a buffer yeah. um, by that point. And then I think we end the season with games... Uh, against Everton um, and there's one other fixture that we've got as well against Newcastle so you know they're two winnable games after the Spurs game that you'd hope maybe would hopefully wrap up what we need to do I think Spurs they'll end the season with games against like Norwich and Burnley is it? I think they have so it's it's a much easier run for Spurs but uh, it's just the way that it is fingers crossed we can get a result um, Bailey thank you so much for joining me today really appreciate your time mate as always thank you TC and guys in the comments section as well Absolutely. If you haven't already done so, please drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new. Uh, We do these shows every single day at 10am Monday to Friday with content in the afternoons as well leading up to the next game. You'll be able to catch Mikel Arteta's press conference as soon as that drops on the channel as well. See you soon guys, have a great day and as always keep following us down the Arsenal way.